It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. From tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday september 27th you're listening episode 488 as always i'm your host jason here today joined by my very best friend of me the person i dislike most and still think he's kind of okay matt riddle what's up man so i was really excited when you reached out for a couple reasons honestly like, one, I had no idea you were still doing this, right? Well, I mean, Rob left. I, I just assumed it was over. But apparently for, like, two years now, you're just still putting this stuff out. So that's great, Jason. Good for you to just power through, even if no one was asking for it. I think that's really cool. I just, you know, I'm super no, – I'm joking. Uh, I do listen still. What's up, man? I'm really happy to be here. It's been a while no, since we talked. It, it was cool. exciting. It is. I, I legitimately listen sometimes. And – like I was super happy to talk to somebody because you know we didn't do any cons this year, right? So I'm not seeing yeah, yeah. any people that I'm used to. Like we were, you know, you and I were chatting ahead of time about Grand Con, and that got canceled, and makes perfect sense. I get it. You know, we, mm-hmm. like I said, we, you know, Adam and Ben and I were talking a lot about going to Origins. We decided not to, and uh, we made the right choice, frankly, after seeing, like you said, the Gen Con pictures. And I'm glad that we made that decision, but it's still sad because I, you yeah, know, very, we're not very. seeing people. Like I, mm-hmm. I miss you know you and everybody else that we're we would normally have seen a couple times this year. So it's uh mm-hmm. it's good to see you, baby. You too, man. You too. Yeah, I um I Gen Con was was tough. Like I was fine with not going, and then I saw those first few pictures, and I was like, good, you made the right decision. And I mm-hmm. was actually glad that I saw those pictures right away. At, but but what became tough after that was then you start seeing like the vendor hall pictures, and like besides seeing friends. Like walking that vendor hall is my absolute favorite thing to do at Gen Con. I do. Me too. Just to see all the different stuff, you know, and Danielle Sandring went and she was on the show to chat about going ahead of time. It was her first Gen Con and, and she was talking about how she's just excited about the stuff she doesn't know that she's going to see there. And I was like, yep. that's the best part. Like when it you is. find that little booth, it's selling like a cool little game or some like weird tchotchke or something that you're like, this is neat. You know, like it's just. Like those are the type of things that really, really get me jazzed for shows. They are, and that's I, I totally agree because that's probably the one thing. Like I love a a small con where you know we do a couple. You know we'll, we'll try to do like a small buddy con. Have a few folks just we'll hang out at Adam's house because Adam, Ben, and I have been. Yeah, obviously we run a company, so we've been seeing each other throughout right. pandemic. And <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I'm fortunate that you know like my whole family made the right choice. You know, and got vaccinated. My extended family as well. So suit my parents, everybody. So I, that that's made helpful. It, yeah, yeah, it's made us able to kind of you know, sort of have some life, but right, what you right. can't replicate, I, and I love Grand Con, but what you can't replicate at any other con is just the sheer magnitude of the Gen Con, it like is. you said, the Bender yeah. Hall, right? Just just the rows and rows of just everything in the world from, you know, steampunk gear to, you know, Doctor yeah. Who stuff to board games to comic. I mean, I'm not a comic books guy, but I appreciate, you know, kind yep. of the, yep. you know, a lot of the stuff that goes with it, the, obviously the movies and the toys and that neat stuff. So, just the sheer magnitude of it is it's so impressive and such a blast every year. Like every year to kind of just you do and you know, we do every aisle. I think Ben and I were talking, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we decided we weren't gonna go to Origins. You know, that's one of the things you miss. Like we don't you don't do it all in one day because again, we're like you said, right? You're always running into friends and you're saying hi and you spend, mm-hmm. you know, forty five minutes at somebody's booth just chatting. So then you gotta go run to a meeting and then you gotta remember, okay, we left off at three oh one. You know, right. so then you gotta go back to three oh one and start walking again. And even going to like artist alley where you're just seeing all this ridiculous, you know, illustrations and all these mm-hmm. talented people. I, that part, you can't replicate, right? There's no, no online for no. that. There's no, 
So I, I miss it. And I actually, I, I had right. missed 2019. Uh, we were on a family trip that year. And so I haven't been since 2018. So by the time oh, I go wow. next year, it's going to be four years since I did. That's been. crazy. And I know. it's one of the things, you know, like, like at Gen Con is those booths are so expensive. Um, mm-hmm. And so many of those companies are unstable that like literally if you yes. miss it one year, it's, you're never going to see it again. Like there are companies that are there repeatedly, but I mean, mm-hmm. there's those one-off booths where you're like, Oh, yep. they're selling this one cool little neat idea of a game. And they're gone after that. Like you're they never going to find their stuff again. And I would love to see, like, I'm sure this is available online. I haven't bothered to look, but like our first Gen Con was 2012 or 13. I never remember which one, which is mm-hmm. basically coincided with fleet, right? Like we, you know, I've told the story, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but we, we came into fleet with no idea about any of this, right? We didn't know right, any right. of this existed. Gen Con, Origins, all of it. It was all brand new. We knew Board Game Geek and we knew, you know, the 20 games we'd bought. So mm-hmm. the, my first Gen Con was amazing because like, you know, I, I remember the one story I will tell is we went to the Eagle Griffin booth to see fleet, right? We were going to, play it with strangers which was a blast and next to it was like this blue phone booth. I'm like what the hell is a blue phone booth doing here it's doctor who i'd never heard of doctor who like i oh, was a nerd but i i was not like i for whatever reason i was always right, like right. nerdy but i was kind of nerd adjacent because i was more i was a reader i read all the fantasy books i could get my hands on mm-hmm, but i was still kind mm-hmm. of a sports guy baseball etc so i i didn't understand a lot of the comic book and those, that kind of pop culture stuff that i now am very aware of so i'd love to see it all that to say I'd love to see a map of like those first couple of years and look at the names yeah. of the companies and see who's gone because so right, many of them right. are gone. Oh yeah. Well, and the prices have skyrocketed too for booths. And um, I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, you know, the, uh, they're, they, they skyrocket the prices and still every year it gets slightly bigger. Right. And it's fall, you know yep. I And mean? that's um, obviously companies are, are finding a way to get in there. Um, yeah. I, I've always heard it's a loss leader. That's how a lot of companies look at it. Like you, it's very hard to sell enough games to pay for your booth, but you're doing it because, you know, the eyes are unbelievable, right? You just, like right, you said, right? right? We walk, you walk around and you see things you've never heard of and that you'll mm-hmm. never hear of again or that you never would have heard of unless you saw it. So, you know, companies can afford, you know, a, a bigger company especially can afford to to get a booth. And we have, you know, a few games this year that, you know, with like Renegade and, you know, working with 25th Century now. And, you know, we've got some stuff that would have been, you know, that at a booth, which would have been fun to see. But hey, you know, next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's um, it's yeah, it's tough. Like, uh, and I, I certainly miss it, and I can't wait to get back next year to stuff. Um, yeah, because it just feels like uh, it just feels like it's forever away, right? It you know, does. This I'm... year was the year we thought we'd be able to do it, and then a bunch we of did. people screwed it up by being awful for the last year. They sure did. I hope that Unpub can happen somehow in the spring. Because that would be the first one where we'd have to know going into next spring, right? April, March, whatever it might be. I forget. I think they announced it. That, you know, we were in a better place. That we somehow mm-hmm. we've gotten through the winter and vaccinations have gone up or, you know, Delta variant, move variant, all that stuff, whatever. That something has right. happened to put us in a place where in the spring, Unpub is kind of like the first con I look forward to every year. Right. And that would be, I sure hope I'm in, you know, outside of Baltimore come come March, April at Umpub, because that would be awesome. That means, right. we're, that it, means we got through it. Yeah. And I haven't been to ball. I haven't been to Umpub in a while, but I would actually consider it next year if they had, were going to have it just because it would be exciting to get, mm-hmm. to get that early meeting where you see a bunch of people before you hit the real con season. Yes. You know? uh, it's my, it year, might be my favorite con anyway, but cause it's just, right. it's all 
us, right? It's all right. people we've met a million times. And like you said, yep. it's a nice, it's a little smaller, nice preview of what we could be getting into come next summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, so, hey, so I was just looking back because uh, you and I are both super prepared and we're like, what are we going to chat about today? And uh, um, <laughs> and because I'd asked you a couple weeks ago when I had a cancellation uh, to come on and you just happened to be busy that night, which probably doesn't happen very often with you. Um, no, no, I, I, I get pretty, uh, pretty low schedule these days. So I'm probably, um, just, I'm probably just ditching you if I'm being honest. I don't remember. But uh, no, it's fair. no, you didn't see it till the next day. So. Got it. Um, but it worked out. I, I needed one person. And I ended up finding three. So I ended up booking like I'm now a week ahead, which never happens. And um, <laughs> but so anyways, uh, back on episode 430. So 58 episodes ago, mm-hmm. um, I had uh, been on um, and we talked about three sisters, uh, which was a game at that point you were getting ready to kickstart mm-hmm. um, in, you know, sometime later. Um and now you done kickstarted it. It did did pretty well. It did. Um and now it's in manufacturing, I believe. Um Yeah. I'll be honest, I stopped reading Kickstarter updates about end of last year because they were all yeah. like, We're delayed. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care. Like at some some yeah. point these games will show up and I'll be so stoked. Yep. So I just stopped reading them unless it was like action required, like you need to like confirm yeah. your address. Uh, and half of yeah. them, those come from backer kit anyways. So they tend, um, I, I, I'm with you. I don't read them either. I mean, yeah. I read, I read mine cause I write them, but so right, no, right, right. uh, <laughs> so yeah, basically to that point, right. So, you know, almost geez, like you said, something like 20 something weeks ago, um, you know, we did successfully kickstart, which was great. You know, we, you know, uh, it was, you know, you don't know what you don't know going in. And we knew right, that we right. had a, a base audience from fleet dice that we could build off of. And mm-hmm. we were fortunate to be able to, you know, uh, leverage the fact that, you know, even during our time with Eagle Griffin, uh, who, you know, still does plenty of our stuff and they're great. You know, we actually ran a couple of the campaigns, including right, Flip Dice. That. Yeah, on on my account because for whatever reason, that's what Eagle Griffin wanted to do at the time. So we had that sort of, we get that automatic email that says like, hey, you should back this new thing. And the, actually, it's funny because... I was going to ask permission for Eagle Griffin, but you can't even control it anymore. Kickstarter <laughs> doesn't; they do it automatically by default. You're you're going to get an email to all of your previous backers on any project that you ran That's announcing cool. a new project, which is great. So you know we knew we had that coming, and we had you know we did a good job, if I'm being honest, of getting out. You know we probably um, our weak points marketing for sure because I mean you know, we're both engineers. I can handle product schedules, and I can handle timelines, and I can handle program management, all that kind of stuff. I don't like marketing i don't do marketing so it's kind of like we'll just do our best so what we really did honestly and this is going back even prior to the kickstarter is we just created 40 prototypes and sent them to anybody that would take one and we said it's yours to keep we're not asking to mail to the next person we want you to just play it and let us know what you think i don't care if you're a tiktoker which i had was vaguely where TikTok because I have daughters who are in high school and they like TikTok, but I never mm-hmm. watched a TikTok. You know, we had right, a couple right. TikTokers, you know, Instagrams and all that stuff. And we, I, I don't care what your platform is. I don't care if you have five followers. If you want to play this game, I'm going to mail it to you. And, you know, we, we, we specifically sought out also some, you know, uh, voices that could use a little uplifting. And we tried to do mm-hmm. that as well. And we just said, here's a game. And we sent out 40 copies of that thing. And I think that made all the difference in the world because, it was a lot. Plus, I mean, we're fortunate, right? Just uh, inside baseball, I guess. Roll and rights are very easy to prototype. 
if you've ever they are yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they just they're cheap too like in the grand scheme of things i mean these things were still 20 something bucks a piece to make probably plus 15 bucks shipping but that's way way less than folks that have boards and bits and you know all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know we we're pretty sure. fortunate that we could do you know our, our so basically our marketing budget was the you know thousand bucks plus that we spent on making prototypes and, and mailing them to folks so that was able to kind of get us a lot of you know attention from folks that you know will play the protos and talk about it, et cetera. so we went into the campaign you know hopeful and it was awesome right we funded very quickly right um right. the the theme has really struck with people which you know is so funny because i'm so wrong on themes a lot like i remember when ben pitched pete mouse i'm like birds are stupid man like why they're so boring. Why would anybody want to play a game about birds? It's and like, then oh, now, like, you know, one of the number spam. one games still. Yeah. Is... No, I'm, I was 100% wrong. Like, I mean, <laughs> Pete Mott's came out probably six months before Wingspan and it did well. Pete Mott's obviously is not Wingspan. But, um, you know, and I actually, I always give Elizabeth credit because she would recommend Pete Mott's for that first couple of months when you couldn't get a copy of Wingspan to save your life. She would actually recommend, well, there's another bird game. And, uh, She's like, it's not as good, but right, she, goes, she like, cool. I'm surprised when you were like, birds are stupid. She wasn't like, Matt Riddle, I challenge you to a duel. Um, <laughs> no, this was privately with Ben, me saying oh, birds are okay. stupid. Like that's, me being wrong. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, no, no, it's awesome. It's like my bird feeder. And you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. So I was the same way. I'm like, man, but we've, so many people have done farming. Like it's been done a million times. Like why, you know I mean? Is this, cause he, when he first approached me, he said, Hey, I want to do a follow-up to fleet dice and i want it to be similar where you've got these kind of different areas and combos and free action and stuff but i you know we need something to do in the middle that's better than a or different than a draft not better just different right so it kind of came up with that rondell idea and the dice draft and the it's kind of a i call it like a rondell east behind because you're sort of sorting dice across a rondell and uh so i can you know i came up with that and we started trying it and he had the sheets completely done basically at that point and we just began mm-hmm. playing it like we did and played it a million times like we always do so the nice thing is too, just if I can interrupt, it's, yeah. it's not like it's a farming game, but it's not a traditional farming game. I mean, it's a gardening game, which right? I, I, I mean, agree. like, um, I'm reminding I, myself because it's yep. been so long since I've seen this stuff. Um, like looking at it, it's beautiful, by the way. But um, the uh, yeah, like so much of it is based in just your garden and your apiary and your fruit, you know, like fields. Yep. It's not like it's not like a traditional like you know euro farming style you know what i mean like the, the theme is more exciting um if it had just been like three sisters and we're farming like this huge that would not have interested me but like i remember looking at this i mean i'd have backed it anyways because i thought y'all were gonna fail and then you did like almost 100 grand <laughs> um but uh i didn't think you were gonna fail i mean i, I thought you might fail but <laughs> the, one of the things though i would like to point out that i think was severely lacking in your marketing that probably could have got you at least an extra 10 to 20 grand where were the pictures of like, you know, like, could we have gotten like a calendar of just pinchback modeling with the different months, like of the different pieces of the game? I mean, like I'd have paid extra for that. Listen, you know? I proposed like a literal like cheesecake calendar because this is literally his backyard. <laughs> so, and by the way, you're totally right. Like the, the, that's a good distinction, right? The gardening was more applicable to your average person than say generic farming, right? So the fact yes, that this was yes. literally Ben's backyard uh put onto a rolling right sheet i'm like hey so you know yeah maybe you're bending over by the apiary right maybe you got your shirt <laughs> off working in the uh you know, picking some raspberries right you know it's like i'm not doing any of that you know, his wife's like i'll take the pictures i'm like oh well you know sorry he he said no 
So sorry, everybody. That was a missed opportunity. I'll get the stretch goal. No, he's like, no, okay, fine. So add ons, like, no, all right. Um, so yeah, you know, I tried, but uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, the uh, either way, all that to say, it did super well. We had like almost four thousand backers by the time, yeah, like the pledge manager closed. We had like I think three thousand or almost three thousand on the campaign, and another thousand afterwards. Yeah, you had thirty four hundred on the campaign. I mean, yeah, so that's okay. that's fantastic. I mean, obviously, that probably got you some really good deals for printing. It did. It you were makes... able to up to probably what at least five thousand copies. I would think we did actually. So uh, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here. So we ended up printing eight thousand. So oh, nice, nice. Yeah, because we basically, like I said, we needed just over four thousand to fulfill. Because a lot there, there's always dollar backers and people that change their minds and all that kind of yep, stuff. Yep, yep, yep. So I think when it was all said and done, you know, we needed just over four thousand copies to fulfill the Kickstarter, and then the other ones we actually have a. But we've announced this already. I don't know if he cares if I shared numbers or not, but uh, our retail partnership with 25th Century Games, um, who's a U.S. publisher that mm-hmm. you know has a really good reach and they're in lots of like big box stores and mm-hmm. and they work with uh, you know some some cool distributors and stuff. He um, and the owner's Chad and he, he's uh, set up to do our restall partnerships. So we got to deal with him. He's taking the mm-hmm. ne- he's taking the rest of the copies like about four thousand give or take to get into retail. You know after nice. the Kickstarter copies are delivered. So yeah, right. it was it, it it did it made. I mean, there's you know without getting into the again the inside baseball totally. Yeah, uh, there yeah. is so many things that go on behind the scenes, right? Making a game, and you know this, Jason, because you've done it. And you know, we because of the volume that we ended up with, right? We did go, you know, with a China printing company who was fantastic. I have no no complaints at all. Mm-hmm. But getting it from there to here is a yeah. is just yeah. a nightmare, and yeah. not it's always a nightmare. Of course, it's an extra big nightmare now. Right? You know, right, we're relatively right. we're fortunate that we've seemed to pick good people all along the way. So. You know, we're at the point now where actually we're officially on a boat as of today. Um, I don't think the boat's left yet, but we, you know, production's done. It's got <laughs> hopefully, to. Hopefully it does, yeah, right? Yeah. It's got to the port and I think it's loaded now. The pallets are on a, in a container good, good. and we are, you know, so we we're looking at probably, you know, the current estimates are like the first week of November is when mm-hmm. we'll, it'll be landed. And at that point, right. fulfillment will start. We've got. A fulfillment center in the EU, a fulfillment center in in the US, and then a fulfillment center in Asia that handles you know Asian countries, which we've got quite a few you know with Indonesia and Japan and China and mm-hmm. quite a few mm-hmm. backers from those areas. Actually, um, uh, oh Malaysia too, and then we've got Australia and New Zealand who have a pretty good chunk of games, and that mm-hmm. that's all handled locally. So that's nice because it's just it's nice, a truck. yeah. That's everybody up. money by doing that. Yes, yeah. and they're going to get their games a month before US and, right, and EU right. probably. And it right, it saves so. them so much on shipping too to yes. not have to leave it's, from you know your house to go there. <laughs> it it does. You have to have enough volume to do it right. Of there, course. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do a thousand copies. Like we're we're if I'm being a hundred percent honest, you know, try to be pretty open. You know, we sold probably a thousand copies in the EU, which is great. Uh, that's barely enough to even break even in the EU. Like it really right, right. paying for the container and the freight and the shipping, all that stuff means we're gonna, I mean, we're not losing money, but we're certainly not making a lot on those right, EU right. copies. But so if you, those, if you had less I mean, than that, you know, even if you completely broke even from the Kickstarter, which I'm sure you did better than that, but even if you completely broke even those 4,000 extra copies yep, in retail, yep. that's 100%. your percent. Yes. That, I mean, that's a model that a lot of companies have followed, especially first time, right. You know, where, mm-hmm. We uh we get a um we get a uh 
you know, a printing that pays for itself and pays for mm-hmm. basically pays the cost. And yep. then the extra games, that's where you make a profit. And um, and that's not a bad model. I mean, if especially for people who this isn't their full time gig. Right. I mean, right. that's the thing is y'all don't have to do this. Right. You're doing this because you want to do it. Um, yep. And that's that's a nice position to be in as well. <laughs> it <laughs> not is. Like, so, you know. Jason, that that's a big that's a great point, because it's different for us we do this we did this because we wanted to we wanted to have control honestly we wanted to have the experience we want to keep doing it but we didn't quit our jobs right this isn't our livelihood you know i'm still an engineer ben's still an engineer you know adam is a pastor and you know we we do this in our spare time which you know i I mean all jokes aside my spare time (laughs) uh and better a little busier than i am right now and uh they help them they can but they'll tell you just as quickly as I will that I do fundamentally everything. But I'm able to because, you know, my kids are older and, you know, my girls are teenagers and they've got cars and they drive themselves places now. And I have a little right, more right. overhead to, to handle right, you know, right. kind of the day to day stuff. So um, it's been awesome. But if, you know, we I don't know that folks realize they like you said, we made one hundred thousand dollars, which is fantastic. Um, right. I You know, it's that was great. We're going to make single digit thousands each probably you know yeah, maybe if yeah, I, and I don't yeah. know for sure yet because there's a lot no, of I get you I get you, you know yeah. there's a lot People of unknown see that number and they're like you're rich and you're like right. yeah, exactly no, we're no, like no 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 I'm not, we're not. <laughs> because right, the cost right. of I mean honestly getting even even just getting the US copies here was I believe almost equal slightly less than the production cost of the game and yep. then shipping it from our distributor or our, excuse me, our, our fulfillment center in Florida to your house is like triple the price of the manufacturing cost of the game. So yeah. we're, you're, you know, you're, we charged 29 bucks plus some, we paid for some of the shipping, et cetera. And we're over 20 in landed costs before you even get into yeah. the fixed costs that it costs to make again in the first place. Right. That's yeah. just the stuff that moves yeah. the games around the world. And I'm not saying that to complain. I'm saying that to say no, that it's the truth, right? It's just I mean, so much of that big number. That it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful number. Almost hundred grand. Loved it, and it's it's allowed us to do this. It's allowed us to do another one. But well, so much that's, of that, that's the thing too. Is the yes. next one right? I mean, now you've got a lot of attention. You've got a lot right. of people to show this to. But no, you write I, some really big checks to companies just to move your stuff around. No, yeah, I thinking about like you know working on this game, which I haven't talked a lot about. I've talked a little bit about on the show. Um, some of the listeners who come to the weekly update meetings that we do now, um, they know about it, but I'm not going to talk about it on the show till I have my co-designer on, but you know, we're going to be publishing a, a really small game. Um, like we're talking like 18 cards. Um, mm-hmm. and one of the things that is making that, um, doable is the fact that we can, um, uh, we can get it printed in China and then airship it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and still you're looking at a very small amount landed, uh, you know, which means printed and then shipped here. Like um, we're looking at a very small amount of that. And then we'll do fulfillment ourselves because it's so small that it's really easy to just, you know, like throw it in an envelope and send it out. Um, And we probably won't have the ability to do the specialty EU stuff and things like you've done um, because we just won't have enough copies to handle it. Um, but if we can, we will, right? I mean, who knows? Um, and it's an RPG. So like the cost is low, but we can also set a price that is fair, but a little higher than it would be if it was Mm -hmm. like a, 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 an 18 card board game. Right. I mean, like 
Tagwire yep. basically decided what that costs and right. And like, that's he kind sure of has. like, you know, he has set um, the market and that's okay. That's totally yep. cool because he set a fair market. But I mean, I think that with the RPG world, you can go a little above that. I mean, you know, you look at some Kickstarters people have done on the RPG side for digital RPGs that are, that char- will charge more than we're going to end up charging for ours. And they were digital. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff there for how that works. Um and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a lot to consider though. I mean, I, I know that I was looking to self-publish a couple different games uh over the la- over the pandemic, and because of the shipping stuff, that's just been a no-go. Like we yep. could have afforded to do, do a Kickstarter and print it, but I, I'd have lost my house trying to get this stuff shipped here. So especially the Kickstarters did just okay, because that's the problem. You print a thousand copies, it still might cost you, you know, seven grand to get the stuff shipped back here or more. And that's, that's a lot. I I actually think those are the folks that I've learned, right? That, and again, I, I, I say this with, with no arrogance or bragging, just we were fortunate, right? That we did as well as we did, because I think the folks that suffer the most are the ones that do okay. Mm -hmm. If you fail, then if, if you just fail, you're out your investment, which sucks. But if you are successful mm-hmm. but not really successful man oh man you've got a lot of work ahead of you to to not lose money and I actually i know from some other folks that are you know kind of we'll say small businesses you know indie publishers right right that have, that have just went in expecting to lose money for a couple of campaigns so they can build up a little bit more of a brand so and that's that's a you know, and, and again, yeah. to your point earlier, they're going to try to make money back by getting in distribution later, partnering with another company, whatever it might be. And, you know, a lot of those folks will have a booth. You know, we we decided from day one, right, that we were not going to be at Gen Con working a 25th, 20 right. uh, Motor no. City Game Works booth, right? We, that was yeah, not no, our scene. I knew y'all would never do that. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that was not in the cards for us. So we were going to deliver the Kickstarter and do direct sales through a website that Adam built if we had to, right? That was going to be our plan. They would sit in Adam's basement if they had to, and we'd ship them out one at a time. And that would be till they were gone, and then we may never do it again. But because we were successful and that allowed us to build partnerships and you know, allowed us to to look at a retail release, you know, now we're going to have it at cons via 20th Century Games instead. So it'll still be con-supported. It'll be available, you know, through his website instead of ours, et cetera. So, you know, we we're, were fortunate to be able to do that. But if we had, mm-hmm. if we had been in that, you know, Five six hundred copy range, or seven six even six or seven hundred copy range, which is great, mm-hmm. by the way. I, I'm not saying that to say that those aren't well. That, that's no, a successful but campaign, but it's hard to make money on those campaigns. Right, right. Especially with a you know a mid range box game like you have. Yes. This isn't a tiny box. Right. Um. You know, it's it, got components. It's got dice. Yep. It's got weight to it. You know, which mm-hmm. doesn't help. Um. Yeah, I think that you know you you think about it like a lot of Kickstarters where there was that model for a very long time that I still think. Gosh, some people probably still follow and it's it's probably not good right now. Um, it's like, you know, where you like underpriced your Kickstarter, like, oh, I'm going to put like a thousand dollar goal and then I'll just chip in if I have to. And like, you know, um, right. And like, that's the idea. And then like, you're going to like, you're literally going to either just default on your Kickstarter and not do it or or go broke trying to deliver. Right. Uh, or pause, right, and say, listen, hey, listen, we can't do this right now. Um, we're going to mm-hmm. stop and uh, we're going to do it later. Though I did see one of the interesting things I actually saw, it was Skybound did recently. And I, I didn't I saw see that. a lot of it, but they basically created some extra content 
and said, listen, y'all, I'm sure yeah. they said y'all because it was James and he says yeah. y'all a lot. <laughs> um, but like, listen, y'all, we need some help here. If you'll buy these expansion packs and stuff, uh, that will allow us to uh, afford shipping, basically. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's Skybound, right? They're going to cover it one way or another. They're a big enough company. But yep. but still, like, they're 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 being honest. You mean, saying, like, this is tough, right? Um, and I yep. wonder about, like, you see companies, like, I think of, like, Helena um, and Kids Table, like, because... Because their games, like they do very well with their games, but their games mm-hmm. are dense. They're big. They are. You know, like even Happy. especially for like kids table type games, right? They're, they yep. have a lot of stuff in them. They're fancy. And I back that Creature Comforts game and like, my gosh, mm-hmm. like there's so much in there. Mm-hmm. Um, But like, you know, and then seeing them post because we're friends, like seeing her post about how expensive, you know, it is to get the stuff here, you know, you know, when it's like 20 grand more than you expected it to be. Like that's yep. like most kickstarters could not fulfill that they just couldn't yep, do it they couldn't i do we, we we're sitting there on i mean there's a whole you know messy history on sleepy hollow but that game you know four years ago whenever when it kickstarted uh you know there's a lot of things that happened that were you know had nothing to do with us but right, creating the right. games and they, they're business people and they know their business right that game has been sitting on a dock in china since i believe february and it's because it's big. The game is huge. Yeah. Oh, the game right? is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's you know it's the size of a desktop computer almost. So it's a couple of full containers. Well, guess what you can't do right now? Get a full container. You just can't. Right. right. So three sisters being fleet dice size, which means you could fit eight thousand copies, frankly, across a couple of pallets. Well, you can right. sneak a pallet in someone else's container. Like it's yeah. and there's a name for it, right? And it's yeah. it's that's doable right now. And even doing that. You know, we're still paying, I'm not, you know, real numbers. You're paying a premium, yeah. Almost time. like three and a half times what the initial estimate was, give or take. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but we're lucky. That wasn't like, we're not, we didn't go from 5,000 to 20,000. We went from, you know, right. say 3,000 to 12,000 kind of thing, you know, where it was. So, and we also printed more games. So they're obviously per copy. There was, you know, that, that made itself back a little bit, but we honestly we probably went from a dollar and change a copy, you know, in freight costs to, Almost not quite three, but two and a half yeah. per copy. No, so, yeah, I mean that makes sense. Know. Gosh, greater than games. That'll teach them. You wait, and then you end up getting closed because of the pandemic. So they're just basically yeah. like right holding off, right until they I can don't think they're to a, ship it. Or I'm not sure they're officially holding off, or if they're just waiting their right. turn. I mean, there was a right. lot. Listen, that that campaign took two and a half years longer than it needed to for a lot of reasons. Uh, but right. that's again, that was yeah, out of our hands. That wasn't one that I backed just because it was a bigger style game than than yeah. would work for me and. No worries. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I, it's not like you needed me to back it. Um, no, it did. Uh, that one did fine. You know, that's, that's, that's one of the ones that I think we ended up at over a thousand backers, which is pretty good or 1500. I don't remember now. It did great, but it's just a big, big product and there's a mm-hmm. lot, you know, it's an expensive product. So, right, right. Well, and then you look at like companies, you know, like, like companies like Simon who are doing like all this huge stuff, but like they're this huge machine to where like, mm-hmm. They can get good deals on things because, you know, they can print. I was talking to when when we had T on from Haba and they mm-hmm. were talking about how like, you know, Haba can go to to a manufacturer and say, listen, we need a deal on this, but we're going to promise you that we're going to do three more games with you at this level. Um, yep. And so they're like, OK, we'll give you a deal then. Yeah, because why would we not? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously those larger companies have the ability to do that. Um, that a lot of smaller companies don't. And it's it's really, really tough. Um, 
Yes, but I, I really I, I I appreciate T because you know they post a lot of great insider feedback. Frankly, you know about yeah, the yeah. process behind the scenes, and you know it's there's someone that has a lot of experience and, and knowledge. So you know I learned a lot from folks like that that have been oh, in yeah. the, done this before. So and you're right, it, it's just it's I'll be honest. Like and anybody that listens, happy listening that wants to do it, you know. Jason's done in the past and we're doing now and Jason's going to do again. It's a job and it just is, make sure yeah. you're prepared. And it's not the fun part of a job, right? The fun part was designing right. a game. Even the Kickstarter is fun. Yeah. It's frustrating. And yeah, you get some comments where people are just kind of that person. And you're like, okay, you know, but for the most part, backers are great. Like 99% of them. And it's fun, especially when it's successful, it's fun. And, right, but right. after that, it's just work. You're just, you're really doing program management. So if you're not, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's the thing too. And I, I met, sometimes I can be pretty, I don't want to say rude, but you know, pr- kind of rude to small, yeah, to, okay, it's probably fair um, <laughs> to, you know, a lot of our small companies, because I, I don't think, you know, there's a lot of times in, in a, in a hobby and in an industry, like a, ho- a hobby industry, excuse me, like board games, right? You get, sometimes you get more passionate people than you get professional people. And that, oh, and that, yeah, and that absolutely. Passion is critical, but I think also you need some professionalism and some program management that isn't there in a lot of companies because they don't, not because they're not smart enough or they're not, they just don't have a background in it, right? So, right, right, right. you know, I, I think I see comments and I see other program projects that are going worse than ours. And part of that's because, you know, I, I, Ben and I both have, you know, management and program management experience and, you know, Adam has been helpful as well, but it's, just, you know, I, I've had to approach it like, a, like another job. So I approach yes, it in the same yes. way I approach my job. I have a schedule and I have tasks and I have, you know, I manage the project, you know, on a right, daily basis. Right. And that's how I've been able to keep it. And even doing all that, we're still going to be, you know, a month or two late, but that's more because of right. hubris and not, we didn't know, we didn't leave ourselves right. enough time with our initial right, right. promise, but you know, we, it's just, it's hard. So it's many hard people do work. that. Yeah. I did that with mine. I absolutely did that with mine. Oh, we'll have it for Christmas. No, we won't. Yeah, and I yeah. printed local. Like it just didn't work out. Like the timing right. just didn't work out. Like I, I hoped it would. I, I'm interested. I, I saw some, you know, there was some BGG, you know, kind of I'll say a holes for lack of a better word that were kind of like, why don't we just print in America? Well, okay, because that takes millions of dollars of preparation. But there are American options or U.S. options, I should say, including mm-hmm. one that is a full scale, you know, manufacturing type place. So, you know, the, the, but the problem is they're swamped and mm-hmm. it, there is value to that because again, you're, you're saving a lot of money avoiding a boat, right? You're right, right. putting things on a truck and driving them from, you know, Southern Indiana to uh, Chicago or whatever you want to do, wherever your fulfillment center might be, is absolutely going to save you some money, but you're just, you don't know if you can get in there like, and you might not be able to. Right, and then right. a lot of the other companies that say are more focused on say the mass market side of the American board game industry. They're price. They're not price competitive. So right. Well, you know, no. I, and like we were just having a conversation actually um, on one of the BGG Discord. I mean, B, BTG Discords mm-hmm. uh, channels about um, how we uh, we're talking about my game that that I'm working on and and how um, like somebody had said, why don't you print with the Game Crafter? Have you considered that? Because it's the game's going to be in a hook box, which is actually like the cheapest boxing option you can get from the Game mm-hmm. Crafter. Um, and it actually works as part of the game, which is super cool. So like, it's really like, I'm super glad we're doing that. Um, but the best price the game crafter can offer is still more than double what it would cost to get it here 
to me um from china mm-hmm. like like and that's so printing shipping everything it's still double um and that yep. like the other thing that's tough we were talking about the game craft that's tough is like you know like you can go in and you can see like okay they're like here's the total price of your game plus here's what you can get in bulk so i'm like great i'm working off that number well then i ask in like their forum like hey uh, is this actual the total cost or am I missing anything other than shipping? Like, well, there are taxes added to the end. Like, <laughs> oh, so that's not calculated. And there was something else. So it was just kind of like, yeah, so this isn't even the number. Like, I don't even know what the number is. Whereas like when you deal with like a printer somewhere else where you're actually getting a quote, you're signing a quote, you're saying, this is what I'm going to pay. Um, and you know, there's a little wiggle room there, but like, you know, right. And Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a little harder with a place like the Game Crafter. No disparagement to them. They are running a business. They're doing what they do. Um, and it works for a ton of people. And that was the same conversation I had with the people in the Discord was that, you know, um, they're doing what they're doing. And that's great. They're, it's a good model. It just doesn't work for everyone and what they're looking yep. for. And, you know, um, there's I feel like there's that sweet spot when you're making a game for that you're going to print on TGC. And like too small is bad. And too large is bad. And like, I'm on the too small side. There's that sweet spot in the middle where like, it's going to be cheaper or close enough to just do it here. And if it was like, if it was like 20 cents a copy, even 50 cents a copy delivered to my house um, more to do it with TGC, I would probably do it with TGC, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, 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 it's more than double that. Um, So, you know, yeah, and that's uh, yeah, uh, yep. No, I, I hear you. It, 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 it's you know, I've used you know not the Game Crafter before, I because I didn't frankly want to learn their website. So, but I've used you know like print the website is a little tricky. Uh, yeah. It's taken me a long time to finally get on board with. Okay, this is how I quote stuff, and yeah, yeah. So. I, I just I was lazy, didn't want didn't want to learn it. So I've me used too, the, me too. Yeah, I've used uh, Print and Play Productions, but you know they're not Game Crafter is more set up to do. Final products or print and plays more about. Oh yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, Game so, Crafter stuff looks beautiful. Like it looks it like a traditional printer. It does, which is it, why one of the huge selling points to them. It I love that does. I'm going to be able to get the exact prototype made for our game, slightly yeah. higher cost than I would like than than the real game will get. Like, how mm-hmm. great is that to be able to send that yeah. out from them? And the cost is still super affordable when you're not printing two thousand copies. You know. Yes, it is exactly. It's affordable in that. Like you said, to that scale. So what's interesting, like you said, though, if you're going to do, you know, the 18 card game kind of thing, which I think is, you know, like you said, Button Shy has proven that model out super well, then, you know, that's that you, you do have some more options. Like you said, you can print overseas and have it aired back and you can print somewhat locally. Like I've seen, you know, some options for for specifically card printing. You know, in, oh yeah, uh, bicycle. Um, Tagmire has pointed yeah. out that bicycle. As long as you can do say ten thousand cards at a time, they're right. wicked cheap. Um, they are doing two thousand. <laughs> not great. I, I quoted that. Yes. <laughs> it was yep. not good. I have seen uh, similar numbers, and uh, yeah, yeah, it, I bet just, you have. It's, <laughs> it's a volume thing with them, right? They mm-hmm. they don't have, and that's funny too because I mean, if you've ever worked in, you know, I've worked in manufacturing before, and it's not that it actually costs that much more. It's just there's like a there's a fixed cost almost where it takes they have to take time out of their day to run this machine that yes, has cost yes. and loading yep. it like all the little bits and pieces have costs so those costs are built into whether it's five hundred or twenty thousand right and then everything past that you know it's people I think often and there are listen there a hundred percent are 
uh, material savings with the quantity. Of course there is. But I mm-hmm. do think folks get stuck on that. But it's it's rarely – It's not the, that, yeah. Yeah, the percentages aren't there as far as like you're saving that much more because you're using more cardboard. You're not. No. It's just efficiency, I, time and efficiency. I know that like somebody on the show, and I can't remember who it was, but I remember bringing it back up a T and they totally agreed was if you're printing less than a 1,000 copies of a game – and it's a small game, you are essentially paying for the labor. You're not yep. paying for the materials because the materials don't matter. No, You're paying for somebody to turn those machines on and run yep. those machines, and you're paying for those machines to be running. The switchover they have to do, that's the yep. expensive part. The materials, 100%. I mean, I know right now materials are higher because there's been shortages, yep. but that's, I mean, typically you're paying for the cost of production. Yep. Um, yeah, and when they can put in 10,000 copies of a game, and just run it, or you know, like a CMON game where they can do fifty thousand copies in one run. Yep, that's so much cheaper because that's literally yep. like a week of their printing, right? They just yep. keep running copies of that, and um, that makes everybody's life way easier. It 100% Less chance does. for error, you yep. know. I mean, so much. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you say error. That's the part too that it was uh, just a total, total tangent, real quick, because it's funny. The part that I think people don't understand is how many times you look at things and go, is this good? Is this good? Is this good? How about now? How about now? How about now? And at some point your brain, like just, you don't, I don't want to see this again, but you have to, you have to have, and listen, errors happen to everybody. Okay. We've Mm -hmm. worked with, Mm -hmm. you know, Renegade Games has a fantastic process. They're a pro company from front to start. And there's, we have an error in the Sebastian rule book because we all looked at it a million times and the millionth time you just, you you stop seeing it. So it takes so much like literal mental diligence to look at yeah. something for the thousandth time and actually look at it and not <laughs> right, just, right, right. and not just kind of gloss over things you've seen a million times. Right. And that's, the, that's where you catch errors. And you, you'll see some companies who have errors often and it's because they don't have their, they, they don't right. have a right. process or it's the one person and that person, again, you, I don't blame anybody. You need yeah. redundancy in your processes and you need the ability to, you know, to have different sets of eyes because there's just, you know, you start, you see something and you can't, unlearn what you've already learned so it's right. so hard to catch new little things but that part was so crazy like how much you look at you know digital files and then a real copy and then all those like what color do you want why do you want pantone blah 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 there's like eight million of these things you're like geez right. I, you know i want blue can i have blue like what's blue no. well, blue is not no. blue there's a million blues like okay you know so all that stuff i was not prepared for and we got through it uh, you know again it's you know, we got through because we approached it professionally and we, we, we figured it out, but it was, you know, all that stuff's so funny that you just don't think about all those little decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, still no, have, I still have no sympathy though, by the way, I still have zero sympathy for small game for small publishers. Of course it, you don't. And, and not, no, well, I, what I'm getting to is the fact that they don't return emails. Listen, I have a right. full-time job in a family. I return email. Sorry. I don't swear on your podcast. <laughs> now you got to edit. Sorry, man. Because I get so <laughs> I don't, I don't even swear very much, but I get so angry. So I'm like, it's yeah, not hard yeah. to return emails. I run a yeah. zero-sum inbox at work. I get a lot of emails at work. I'm a busy person, and I have a zero-sum inbox because that's the only way I can live. I'm the same right. way when I get I home the with the game way, stuff. Yeah. I, I yep. can't – I don't understand not, re- not returning emails. I, I'm not asking yeah. you to return some pain-in-the-butt email. Some designer who's like, see my game here? Play my Proteo? Play my Proteo? And he emails you every week. You know what? Forget that guy. I got it. Yeah. But to not return emails for months at a time – is there's no excuse. It, right. It's no, just, I, just bad business. Uh, last year I was I dealing pull, with a pull aside. <laughs> last year I was dealing with a publisher uh, about a pitch, and I sent him a message. They responded, and we tried to set up a time. 
And uh, they said, well, these times work for me. And I said, great, let's do this time then. And they never responded. And they didn't show up because they never responded. So clearly they never saw the email, but it's like, I know you're busy, but that was like three days ahead of time. Like you should have seen that and at least yep. had the courtesy to say, I can't do it. Yep. Um, and that, that is very frustrating to me. Um, just because, yeah, I, I try to answer emails as quickly as I can. And, and sometimes I don't get to them. You miss one a hundred percent. It happens to everybody. Yes. Um, but like, if you send me a follow up, there will be a large apology. Uh, and yep. I will be more diligent watching out for your stuff again, because I don't want that to happen to somebody twice. I don't want it to exactly. happen once, but like, yep. you know, it happens sometimes. Yeah, no, it does. It's just uh, that, whatever. That, that was a total. I've done, I've done that, you know, sorry. Got a little fired up there, but I just. I, no, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like now I can be, because before I was always outside looking in going, I, you know, I'm pretty busy. All right. right. From about 6 a.m. Right. to 7 p.m. I don't really sit down because between right. life and work and running kids around and all that kind of, I mean, you know, like I said, I have a little more time now because my, my kids drive themselves places down and stuff like that. But, you know, like I got a lot going on and I still, I still get your right. email. So you, I don't want to hear your excuses, you know, just right. tell me, no, tell me you're not going to yeah. respond. Say, listen, I, I, if you tell me ahead of time, chance, I may not ever get to this because it's just not a priority. Okay, fine. So you've right. level set my expectations right. and I know what I'm getting into. But if you say we're going to do X and Y, you better right. do X and Y. Like, I don't or understand, set, you know, set auto responses that say, listen, you know, we're behind right now. It might be 72 hours before we get back to you. Cool. Yep. That and is the, Set the expectation. That's that's it what is. you want to do. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. And the, I actually think a lot of the bigger companies are pretty good at it because they have. And again, they're more able they to have, have staff. Folks yeah, yep. dedicated yep. to do it. And, that, and I understand that too. Like the biggest company we've dealt with on Three Sisters, you know, I can't say exactly who it is, but someone right, right. someone we referenced earlier, you know, and they they were looking for uh, we'll, we'll say some you know some different co- countries in Asia having versions of Three Sisters. They were very mm-hmm. honest. and said, "Listen, we need this much time to do evaluation, this much time to do what," and they. They follow their schedule, and at the end, they said, "We're interested, but COVID, and we can't do right. anything until 2022. So, you know, right. if you find somebody else in the meantime, we're not going to stop you. But please let it tell us. You know, we are actually we're not just blowing you off. We're actually interested. Right. We just can't right. make a single step of progress until right. next right. spring. Okay, right. fair, got it. Message received. I'll if I you know if we got some company that wants to do you know different language versions, then we'll consider it, knowing that they still." You know, there's opportunity there next year sometime. So I, yeah. I just, yeah. communication's key, man. And everything that you do. It really is. Yeah. And, and no, I, 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 I agree. It's, I, I, I get frustrated because I, you know, I, I'm a good communicator, you know, especially email. And I, not because I'm, I'm not well written, frankly, like I'm kind of a dope sometimes with my writing and stuff, but I'm, <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to stay on top of it and I'm going to respond and I'm going to, you know, try right, to right. give you all the data that you need. I, I really am. And I, I expect that. And return as often as possible. I, I'm again. I get it. A lot of times these are two person shows and they're swamped. And I understand, right. but I also think, you know, and this is a whole. This is an American problem in a lot of the cases. You know, this whole there's an aspect of like being busy to prove your value that is a societal right, right. issue that we're all facing. Oh gosh, and, yes, we have that. We have that problem. For yeah, sure. and I, and I I push really hard against that because I. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be busy. I want to be doing nothing. That's my goal no. all the time. My goal every day is to do as little as possible. I'm still busy because I have things I have to do. So I accomplish my tasks, but I don't want to be busy just so I can tell everybody how busy I am. And there's this American value of busyness that I think really is a problem in our country. So, and, and sometimes, right, I, I feel like folks create busyness. Like they, they add things to their list that are, so they can say oh, they're busy when there's like, so you have, to, you have yeah. to go to the doctor yeah. this afternoon. 
and that makes you busy, I go to the doctor at lunchtime and then I go back to work. Like, I'm not saying that's a good model either, but like, I don't think having to like go to the post office means your afternoon is trashed. Like, you know, you could probably get a couple other things done in the meantime. And I don't want to live your life for you, but that's not an excuse. You know, like I, I got it. No, I want I, you to take the time right. you need to take care of yourself, but man, it time, just don't. Yeah. Time management is, is really difficult in general for a lot it of is. people, myself included. Um, and this, this last two years has really made, Time has really shown itself to be just this like thing that it's like, is time real? Like, is it, you know, yes. like everything is yeah. so just really distorted now that, that I think, I think a lot of people really struggle with, um, you know, in, in with that. And then, yes, there's that, you know, that American ideal of like being busy all the time, yep. proving you're busy. And I think that when you forced us all to be away from each other for good reason, mm -hmm. um, uh, like that meant people needed to prove it more because yep. they're at home. Right. So now Correct. I really got to prove I'm busy. And I yep. think that a lot of corporations and, and bosses didn't help with that, you know, from working on my side with the coaching, I've seen you. a lot of that where people are, Oh, I don't trust my employees because they're home working. And if you don't trust your employee to be working from home, then that person shouldn't be your employee or Correct. you're just, you're just not a good boss. I mean, that that's the thing, you know, I remember when I was running a team and my employees would be like, well, do you know, is it okay if we work from home? Like, and, and my boss had said, well, do you trust them? And I said, well, if I didn't trust them, I wouldn't have, I, they wouldn't be working for me because if I can't trust them to work, like the most basic thing they have to do in their job, right? then what good are they to like be here if they're not going to like just do their job or at least be honest with me when they can't, you know, I mean, yep. which is fine too. Sometimes that's the case. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, the 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 American you got to be busy thing is just stupid. It's stupid, it and and the pandemic has really you know um, really Dude, skew, skewed that to to the bad end. I think I, I that's a great point though because there's almost like a theatrical aspect to it now, where because you're not, it's easy to be busy when you're sitting in your office because you're you're working on things. Now you have to like make all these like giant shows of being busy because people aren't seeing you right, every day. Right. So right. there's like a, there's a theater to it, like where it's like the theater of busy. And you have to prove mm -hmm. you're busy. And I'm not, we're not talking about game companies anymore. We're talking life in general. Yeah, and yeah. I, I do, you know, I, I struggle with that because, again, I want, you know, I, I did not mean to, you know, sound crasser or jerkier than I usually do earlier. Because, again, I respect people to live their lives the way they want to. I actually, I have the most respect for folks that have figured out how to do as little as possible. Those are the people that I actually, <laughs> like, I mean that. Like, in the day-to-day, -day, I'm not talking about, like, slackers at work. I'm talking, no, I like, know what you mean. Yeah, folks yeah. that have figured out how to live a slow, comfortable life. Cause that's what I desire more than anything else. And I mean that. Right. And yeah, no, I believe you. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I feel that too. Like, yeah, I, I don't ever, I don't love being, I don't like when I'm overly busy. It is very stressful to me. It's very anxiety inducing. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, so I try to space things out in a way that works well for me. And I know that everyone's tolerance with that is very different. Right. I mean, it is That's it one is. of the issues is that like everybody's tolerance for busyness, like, I look at some friends who are like, oh, my kids are doing these three things. And I'm like, no, like we told our kids, like you get one extracurricular activity at a time. Like that's what you right. get. Like, yeah. and, and I've had other parents be like, oh, you're stifling them. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just trying to let them have a childhood right. and not feel like between school and like, you know, if they want to do like a different, you know, like a different lessons they want to take. Like, I don't exactly. want them to like be overwhelmed. And I also don't want to be overwhelmed by it. You know, mm -hmm. like these parents that are like, I got to take the kid here. I got to take the kid here. Like constantly, like that's draining. I mean, you can, you know that you used to have to do that, you know? And, 
Um, it is. It is. It is. I, and so I, we just we just have to we all have to set our own level of the busyness that we're comfortable with, and we should stick up for that. Like you know, right. and I know I, not everybody's privileged to be able to stick up for that. I mean, I know there are people true. in situations where you can't. Um, but you should be able to like, that's, that's crap that you can't, I mean, it's not fair to you. You should be able to. And if you're being forced to not be able to, um, that's a bad situation. And that's, that's really unfair to you. And hundred yeah. percent. And you're, you're much more the expert on this than I am. So I super appreciate your insight. And I do want to say, cause I can't, I, I'm thinking back to my words and I do want to clear, like clear up a little bit. I'm not saying at, your point of that, everybody's capacity for a task is different. And I want right, to be respectful right, right. of that and say right. that I got it. If you if you're focused on, you know, I, I use the example. I think a doctor's office was a bad example because there's a lot of other authors yeah, no, that, that go with that. Yeah, that was a bad, bad one because I know people that are like, oh, I have a doctor's appointment at 4 p.m. today. Well, that ruins my whole day because I'm going to be stressed about that all day. Right, because you're thinking about your anxious yeah. and I, I, I want to yeah, be yeah, able yeah, yeah. to be respectful I, I, of that. I knew you were picking on that. <laughs> yeah. You were saying like, oh, I have to run an errand. So right. that's going to ruin my whole day. Whole right? afternoon. And, um, and I think that, again, that's that's the life that I want. And, hey, here's a shocker for you, Jason. Compassion, not my strong suit. So <laughs> I am working super, and I mean this, I'm not just lip service. I'm working so hard on that. No. Because yeah. no, you know, it's, I'm not. It's, it's really hard um, to not put your expectations for what you can do uh, on, on others. It's really hard, especially, again, now when, like, you know, it's one thing when like uh, when you can look at your team and see them working. Right. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when you see your team not getting something done or canceling a meeting and you're like, what the hell are they doing? Like, what are right. they even doing? Yep. And they may have a million things they're juggling, but you don't know. I mean, I remember there was this lady I used to work with and every day we would have this little team huddle. This was before I was someone's boss. It was just me. And mm-hmm. um, but every day the boss would make us have this huddle where we would say, like, um, do we have enough work today? Uh, are we too, are we too busy? Um, can we help, you know, basically like, do we not have enough work to where we could help someone else? Uh, are we good? Are we too busy to where we may need help? And every single day, the same person would always say, can't help anyone else. I'm too busy. I might need help for myself. And every time you would offer help to them, they would turn you down. Um, and I'm confident based on sitting next to them at their desk that they weren't too busy all day. They were busy shopping um, online, <laughs> but like, um, but that those type of people start to make you distrust others, mm-hmm. which is unfair, right? Cause that's one person, um, you know, and that person was not good at their job, but their boss thought they were um, because so many bosses are just easy to trick, which is sad. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we've certainly headed down a weird path here, but I do think there's a an empire, an emperor aspect to a boss where you where your people have to be good to prove your own value. So admitting right. that yeah. one of your folks isn't great is right. almost admitting right. a fault to yourself. We don't, we all know right. human beings right. not the best at admitting faults, right? So I do. Well, I think, and I you know, know the best bosses are are much better at that than the bad bosses. Yeah, you know? I mean, I know with my team, I uh, I kind of interconnected my team in a way that if anyone wasn't pulling their weight, the team could tell. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, Oh, Bob's not pulling his weight. Let's get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, Bob seems to not be working at the same level as normal. Like let's figure out why. Right. Yep. Because yep. maybe something's going on with Bob at home. Maybe Bob is overwhelmed on one task that he can't figure out how to accomplish. And he doesn't want to ask for help. Right. Yep. Um, so um, having an interconnected team like that really helps. So many teams are siloed to where you can't do that. Uh, but when there's like this shared labor and this shared work, it makes it a little easier to tell. And then, you know, 
And the first thing you always want to do in that situation is see if you can tell like, like why that's happening and assume that it's not because they're just a slacker who doesn't want to work. Right. hundred percent. And if they are a slacker who doesn't want to work and that's new, that's usually worth asking why. (laughs) So no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, usually it's not a surprise, right? Usually, sometimes right. there is like a comes out in there. I remember my best boss, one of my best bosses. You know, she would she said, "Listen, you're going to spend two hours a week hating your life doing these metrics, but the reason you're doing these metrics is so that I can evaluate everyone's performance. And if you need a lift, I'll give you a lift. And mm-hmm. if that yep. person over there can handle more, then they can handle more. And I'm going to give them more. And so right. yes, you're right. you're gonna you're gonna lose your mind because it's the worst task you can do because metrics often suck." And you know you're not going to want to do, it, but I'm telling you, I'm doing this, and it's for your benefit. And to her credit, mm-hmm. right, she would she would show it was to your benefit by actually you know adjusting things and moving things around and That's providing great. you yep. you know. Yep. And so then it was wasn't just lip service that she was just using these to you know like sometimes metrics have a tendency to be uh, punitive, you know, or oh, we tend yeah. to use oh, them, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. punitively when they're not yeah. when that was not their intention. So right. either way, I we're so far off the field yeah. now. It's funny, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, just. The way, you know, we, and it's funny to me because like you said, my expectations coming out of, you know, I, I work for a Fortune 50 company. So the business processes there are certainly not going to line up with, uh, you know, right, insert, right, right. you know, adjective animal games. It's, I got it. They're not going to yeah. be the same and I can't expect them to be the same. But to bring it, to bring it back around to where we started, right, you know, right. I, there's a, there's a balancing there. So it's, it's, hey, here we yeah. are, man. Yeah, no, no, no. It was a weird tangent, but I, I think it's it's a good discussion in general. I think a lot of people are struggling with this kind of stuff right mm-hmm. now. And uh, yes, and, and I do believe that deep down you are a compassionate person. Uh, sometimes it's hard I, to show I that on the outside. It, it, I, I mean, to work at it. I have to, I have, all, to be, I have to consciously work at it. We all do, though. I mean, I, I have knee-jerk reactions all the time. I mean, we've complained about large uh, podcasters and uh, social media people who have just knee-jerk reactions and no compassion mm-hmm. and... Uh, and do things like tank Kickstarters because they're being, you know, stupid and jerky. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like there's, yeah, we can all, we can all use a little more thought around that. <laughs> uh, but Hey, we are, we are about out of time here. And uh, um, yeah, you were going to, uh, you have a, I know you got to get going, uh, but Hey, this is uh this has been an actual really fun discussion. It uh, was. I think, I hope that it's been enlightening for some people uh, to really talk to a smaller publisher around what they're doing with everything. And, yeah. And I, I, I know that I learned some things, even though I've had discussions like this with people before, I feel like every publisher, I learned some new things around mm-hmm. that. So it's cool. I agree. Awesome. Well, Hey listeners, uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you didn't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I feel for you. Uh, Matt doesn't, he doesn't care that you didn't enjoy this, but I do. Um, but I, I hope you did. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. Uh, if you want to get in touch with this course, you can reach out to buildinggamepodcast.com. You can email us, us email us, at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can call us at 770-HOTEL-BTG. You can join our Discord channel, which you can find at our website. Uh, of course, find us on Twitter, best place, at podcastbtg, at J.A. Slingerland. Uh, Matt is at MD Riddle. Is that right? MD Riddle, Riddle in. M-D-R-I-D-D-L-E-N. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I forgot the end there on the end. Uh, but until next time, good night. See ya. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>